this is Derek M. Cook, and you are listening to Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes the not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. This is episode four, and I'm sitting in the parking lot of the Joy Cinema and Pub here in Tigard, Oregon. In about 20 minutes, we're going to go see a movie called She Free from 1967, directed by Byron Mabe. Perhaps it's Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not overly familiar with the director. Honestly, I'm not overly familiar with the film. I know it's a loose remake of Todd Browning's original film, Freaks, which is pretty freaky. So I'm expecting this to be as freaky or she freaky. Like I said, I don't know much about it. I've seen the trailer a couple of times and I've looked at the poster. Apparently the movie was filmed where this story could have happened. We'll learn more when the movie starts here at the Joy Cinema. Now, the Joy Cinema does a series of weird movies on Wednesday night. They call it Weird Wednesday. They're working with Something Weird Video to bring in a weird movie every Wednesday night. This is the first time I've gone to the Joy, so I'm excited about it. Looking forward to running into some people here. Hopefully, some Monster Kid Radio listeners are joining me for this Monster Kid Radio Crashes She Freak event. We'll see what happens, see who's there. Now, while I'm sitting here at the Joy, I want to tell you about another movie theater that is going to start showing another movie that is definitely in the Monster Kid Radio wheelhouse. Vincent Price's The Pit and the Pendulum. Now, that's going to be showing at the Laurelhurst Theater that starts tomorrow. Well, I guess today, by the time this goes out, Thursday, June 7th, and we'll be running through June 13th. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to get out there to see it. Doesn't look likely. That said, that doesn't mean you guys shouldn't. If you're in the area, go check it out. Now, because I'm in my car in the parking lot, I don't have the information in front of me about where exactly the Laurelhurst is. I've been there a couple of times, but you know what? I'm just going to direct you to their website. It's laurelhursttheater.com. That's L-A-U-R-E-L-H-U-R-S-T-T-H-E-R-T-E-R.com. So Laurelhurst Theater, theater spelled E-R at the end, not R-E. Of course, there will be a link in the show notes. Why not? There will also be a link to the Joy Cinema as well in the show notes to this episode of Monster Kid Radio. You can find that at monsterkidradio.net. The other thing you can find at monsterkidradio.net is our contact information. You can email us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or call us and leave a voicemail at our phone number 503-479-5MKR. Don't have any feedback yet, but I know we're still just getting things off the ground here at Monster Kid Radio. If you have anything that you want to say about the show, uh, what you're looking forward to, what you've liked, what you've not liked, whatever, you know, let me know. Or join us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Obviously, the group is where the conversation happens, and I try to be active in both daily. So go check that out. You can also find us on Live 365. Just look at Monster Kid Radio, and you can hear some Monster Kid Radio-type film scores and trailers and that sort of thing from these movies that we would cover here on Monster Kid Radio. I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up in this episode. It is part two of the discussion that I had with director Christopher R. Mim and monster maker Mitch Gonzalez. Now, in this section, we talk about giant bug movies, talk a little bit more about the giant spider, what they've got coming up next, that sort of thing. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. And then we're going to go out on some more original music from the giant spider. So I hope you guys dig that as well. Let's get to that chat. 
Uh, so we just sidelined a little bit about the giant spider and uh, not not that I don't want to talk about the giant spider because I can't wait to see it. But one of the reasons I wanted to have you two on the show is because you both also have a love for these giant big bug movies. And, you know, earlier you mentioned Mitch having this encyclopedic knowledge of these movies. So I, I'm wondering how long it'll be before Mitch stumps us when we start talking about these films. <laughs> I have holes. Uh, OK. All right. All right. Well, we, we, we talked briefly about the Black Scorpion, Tarantula with John Agar, and then Earth versus the Spider or the Giant Spider. That's uh, Bird Eye Gordon, right? Correct. Yes. Which I absolutely love that film. I like Tarantula best, I think, of those three just because of John Agar. But I love Black I love all three of those movies. Okay, I can't pick a favorite. Uh, do you have a favorite? Either one of you. Do you have a favorite big bug movie of any of these types? You know, I always go back to them. I, I saw that when I was real young on uh, Creature Features, and I, I just always liked them. I liked how they'd introduce the sound of – you, know, you hear them before you see them, and that gives that that kind of uh, audio cue that oh, oh, something's going on, and you know something you know is about to happen. So um, that and the fact that they you know spoiler alert here, they kill off the lead at the end. You know the heroic lead was something time I hadn't seen before. Usually all these movies, you know, the hero always wins at the end, and and in this case that didn't happen. You know the the police officer, uh, you know, getting the two children out of the the sewer, you know, dies in the process. So that that was. Something impressionable on me, and I always liked them. You just gave a spoiler alert from a movie that was released in 1954. I, I think you never you know. know. <laughs> I have, have holes, and uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to throw that out there, so no one can uh, ta- take me to task for not. <laughs> I think there's a there's a 25 year limit on that, kind of like a classic car. You know, once it reaches antique stage, I think that you can just say whatever because you got 25 years to watch it. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, them, them is interesting uh, to me because it's not universal. You know, it actually it, – uh, who put that one on? Was that Warner Brothers? I think yeah, so. Yeah, so it's – Yeah, I believe it it's is. It's a different yes. vibe. It's a different flavor. The universal big bug – you know, the, the universal sci-fi movies, Tarantula, Deadly Mantis, things like that. There's always this kind of playfulness to a lot of it, whereas them is just a serious – like you said, the lead dies at the end. It's a totally different vibe. Oh, Exactly. That's very dark. Scary. Yeah. Dark in a good way, though. I mean, I like them a lot m- myself. I think that's one of the one of the, if not the best, um, giant bug movies of of that era. Just because, you know, aside from the fact that the ants look up close, look pretty cheesy. I mean, you, especially by today's standards. I mean, they're bad, but in a good way. But. The movie itself, uh, it's got that great, big, action-packed ending. And it wasn't like a lot of some of the other films that, and even what I did for The Giant Spider, which is, you know, they didn't rely on, on a lot, you know, stock footage for their army stuff. You know, they they actually had army guys shooting guns, and, you know, it was like flamethrowers and stuff. And it was actually pretty hardcore, and that's part of what makes it awesome. And, and that's what we need to do on the movies, Chris, is get a flamethrower. I, I agree. We need to get a flamethrower. <laughs> so would you say Them is one of your favorites then as well, or is your favorite, Chris? Or? It's, it's definitely up there. Um, another one I really like, though, is Beginning of the End. Ooh. With the giant the giant grasshoppers or locusts or whatever. And, and that's another Burt Gordon one, actually, I believe, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Uh, with, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. With Peter Graves, right? Peter Graves. Yes. Man, I haven't seen that one in years. What What, what happens in this one? Uh, it's uh, the giant grasshoppers um, attack, and of course they have to stop them. And I, I'm actually a really big fan of Burt Gordon's stuff. I like the fact that he was, uh, for one, he's actually from the Upper Midwest here, uh, and I got, yeah, uh, well, yeah, and I actually got to meet him um, 
a couple of years ago at the at, you know Monster Bash, and he's you know still alive and kicking. He's in his nineties, and he's still quite coherent. Uh, and you know, I told him about what I do, and it was just very cool to to meet the guy. And I just I love his movies, and he had this thing where he was more of a he seemed more like a, like a special effects guy who made movies as opposed to you know a, a filmmaker who needed special effects. He seemed to be one of these people who, as he wrote scripts, as he filmed movies, he would think about the special effects and the stuff he'd want to try first, uh, and then and then do them. I mean, he made Earth versus the Spider, uh, you know, one of the inspirations for the giant spider, and he had this very like sort of I don't know, he had he had a goofiness about the way he made movies, uh, and and some of the stuff he wrote that. You know, in say Earth versus the Spider, where you'd have they capture the spider and they put it on display in the school gym, uh, and then the you know teenagers come in and play the rock and roll. They have a dance party and the spider. That little dance party, and the spider comes up. I mean, it's just the most ridiculous, goofy stuff. To speak to what you were just saying about how he's still with it, I mean, he's making a movie now. You know, uh, it's I was yeah, I just came out not too long ago. He's actually directing a movie called Secrets of a Psychopath. That's in production right now. So, uh, wow. yeah, I'm I'm real curious. Fantastic. I'm curious to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, no, I th- I think you're right. There's a certain level of fun. You called it goofiness. I'd say kind of this playful kind of rock and roll brings the spider back to life kind of thing. Well, and I mean goofiness in a in a oh, nice yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just fun. it's it's yeah, it's very playfulness. It's 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 fun, and you know, a, there's a touch of sort of you know he liked to throw in comedic elements uh in 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 ways that like them sort of lacks comedic elements it's a very very serious film but something like earth versus the spider ends up being there's these little touches of humor that are kind of over the top like i said with the the rock and like mitch said the rock and roll brings the the spider back to life and then i mean it's goofy and playful and and fun and i think that's Part of what I like about his movies, even, is that there is sort of this wink, wink, nod kind of thing going on. <laughs> and and he seemed to uh, and I know, focus a lot on making small things big in his movies. I mean, he was called the, you know, Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Yeah, yes. and and he yeah. would do a lot of this, you know, the Colossal Beast movies, and and you talked about beginning of the end, that sort of thing. Well, and and was a village of the village of the giants. That's a the giants. Line. I love that movie. What was that? The Village of the Giants? Village of the yeah. Giants, yeah. It's so cheesy, but for some reason I just love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's teenagers just, you know, dancing for yeah. giant. teenagers on the dance. <laughs> giant teenagers that dance. I always think that's just, it makes me laugh every time I see that movie. Just because yeah. it's so, it's like they punctuate every 10 minutes with, ah, it's time to dance in yeah. slow motion. Yeah, I was, I was going to add that, in slow motion. <laughs> well, that's what you need in your next movie, Chris, is some slow motion dancing I, teenagers. I think so, actually. <laughs> well, what are some of the other uh, big bug movies that, that seem to resonate now? Uh, you know, we talked about Tarantula and some of these other ones. What are some other ones that you think people need to see? They absolutely need to see The Giant Spider. Um, <laughs> I, you know, we've covered, I think, a lot of the, the main ones. Yeah, Tarantula absolutely is one I think you know, we have to give a, more uh, love to here. Uh, Tarantula is a, a, another one I went to. Uh, to get the feel, uh, like we mentioned earlier, John Agar's in that one, and and uh, even a young Clint Eastwood at the end as a fighter pilot, uh, napalming the tarantula to death. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's another one I really like, and how they go off in that crazy, uh, you know, the scientists trying to cure or, or trying to 
grow animals to, you know, to uh, huge sizes to, you know, for food shortages and whatnot, I think is what they were trying to do. And that goes, you know, science goes awry again and can't get enough love for tarantula. And uh, we actually reference, I think, tarantula quite a bit in the giant spider. You know, at one point in the film, they're trying to, they're, they're spitballing ideas with how to kill the spider. Uh, and one of the scientists specifically says, what about napalm? Which is, you know, specifically a reference exactly. to tarantula. Sure. Uh, I, you know, I always like the deadly mantis. And and I think the only real flaw the deadly mantis has is the the constant cutaways to the buzzing flying so, flying praying mantis that yeah. uh, goes on way too long. That was another uh, Universal film. Uh, Universal seemed to focus on this kind of sci-fi monster thing in the in the late fifties. Uh, the deadly mantis is uh, the mantis comes out of the Antarctic under some ice. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to myself here. I'm not a big fan of that one. I mean, I like it. But in terms of looking at at some of the other films, it's not as high on my list. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I might agree with that. I just I don't I don't think it's a it's a bad movie by any stretch. No, of no, not at all. It's like there are parts that are kind of annoying, uh, but at the same time, you know, I it's 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 really cool when you get to the end with the uh, the big finale and the uh, the tunnel and stuff. I always. It's like one of those movies that I feel like it kind of redeems itself once you get toward the end. Sometimes it's a little bit of a slog to get through some of the, you know, lead up. But I think once you get there, it's, I think, worth it. But, you know, there are only so many big bug movies, so you kind of got to take what you can get. <laughs> as long as it's not Monster from Hell, you're good. You're <laughs> oh, good. no. Oh, no. Well, I think you're right about Deadly Mantis. You know, it's got some uh, some pacing concerns. It's certainly not a Jack Arnold production. You know, it's not – it doesn't have that kind of uh, roller coaster ride feel that a lot of his movies tend to have, like the tarantula. But uh, the Monster from Green Hell, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one is – I've always found it really hard to even, like, sit through that one because it's just – it's just terrible. <laughs> it's an awful big bug movie. T- tell our listeners about it. I don't know if a lot of people know about this one. Well, it's about, uh, was it, uh, they send, you know, wasps, uh, up into us in a space capsule and it, it crashes back to earth somewhere. I think in Africa, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And the radiation, the cosmic radiation, you know, it makes them into these giant, wasp things that uh, just sort of buzz and annoyingly walk and scare people and eat people. And it's just, it's one of the, it's boring is what it is. That's the problem. And it's, it's got, ah, uh, God, seriously, it's, it's terrible. If you like really, really bad movies uh, that you, you know, are per for mystery science theater 3000, you know, or for making fun of why you watch it, it's perfect. But, you know, I always kind of felt like uh, if you had a spectrum of, you know, good to bad of of giant bug movies from the 50s and 60s, top of the, you know, best is them and the bottom is from oh, wow. hell. It's been years, I think, since I, I saw that a long time ago. I'll have to revisit it just to see how, how bad it is. I don't remember much of that one myself. Well, it's one of those movies I think, uh, you know, I think I had to watch twice because the first time I was kind of tired and I slept through parts of it. Yeah, and, and that's I have to admit that's kind of you know growing up pre uh, you know videotape or DVD watching these things on late night creature feature shows you you had to do everything you could to stay up a lot of times you know you'd be just too tired and fall asleep and that was kind of uh, the bummer I, I was you know you'd wake up the next morning or later on when the thing's over and you've missed it you don't know when it'll be on again but uh, I it could be very well when I slept through. So that that actually brings me to a question. How did you guys first stumble into these types of movies? I mean, was it all creature features? Was it 
you know, you actually were lucky enough to find some of these in a revival theater somewhere. Well, for me, um, uh, you know, and, and I always sort of talked about this is that, you know, my dad, uh, grew up in a small town here in Minnesota, uh, like a very small farming community. Uh, and he was a big movie, you know, sci-fi horror buff. Uh, and even as a kid, he would skip out on his farm chores and go to go into town and go see whatever double feature they had going on there. Uh, and because it's such a small town, uh, they didn't get the, a lot of the big Hollywood movies. They would get the AIP stuff and the, the low budget stuff that was intended more for, for drive-ins, uh, just because that's what they could get. So he'd go and, and watch these, these movies instead of doing what he was supposed to. And then he'd come home and, and, you know, pretend he did his chores, but then he'd get in trouble because he couldn't sleep at night because he was scared uh, out of his mind from whatever he saw. And then he'd get in trouble because his mom would figure out, oh, you went to the movies again. So growing up there, uh, he, you know, he was a, a, a kid in the in the 50s. He'd go see all these movies. Uh, so when I was growing up in the, the 70s and 80s, uh, you know, with the advent of the VCR, we were one of the first families i knew to ever get one uh so we'd just go rent these movies he was so excited to be able to you know just rent a lot of these movies he hadn't seen since he was a kid or you know maybe caught randomly on tv uh back when there were only three channels and we'd sit down and just watch him and that was sort of how i was introduced to him growing up that was always just something that was kind of fun to do with my dad which is you know, watch these cheesy movies that again, like mine, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, they were safe enough for me as a kid that they kind of freaked me out, but I thought they were also awesome at the same time compared to some of the other stuff he would watch would scare the crap out of me and thus turn me into the man I am today, I guess. (laughs) VCR. What's that? (laughs) Yeah, really? It's a video cassette recorder played these gigantic tapes. <laughs> what about you, Mitch? How did you come to these movies? In almost the same manner, uh, my dad was a big influence on, on bringing these movies to my attention. I know being really young, um, I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, and there was a, oh, yeah. a show on out there, uh, Creature Features with Bob Wilkins. And um, I grew up watching that show, and I mean, every Saturday night, I lived to watch Creature Features, and you know, a lot of stinkers on there, but lots of great movies as well. So that was kind of my introduction. My dad would say, oh, you got to see this movie or you got to see that movie. Uh, just stay up with us. Sometimes, you know, my brother and I would just sit there in front of the, uh, the TV transfixed. And, uh, you know, much later with the advent of the VCR, my, you know, my dad was more, uh, in our neighborhood as well to first uh, purchase it. And I remember it was the kind of the top loading. Uh, it was RCA, very expensive, but, you know, he had to have one and. Uh, we'd go out and find movies, and and you know when they were starting to release some of these onto v, uh, VHS, I, we'd we'd pick those up and watch them as well. Um, but Creature Features definitely was a was a big influence with uh, Bob Wilkins, and later with John Stanley. I got to throw them out um, their names out. They were uh, showing some great flicks on 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 Creature Features, and uh, I'd step and watch them. Man, I, I I didn't have a horror host growing up where I grew up, so I, I just I can't imagine the experience of of watching these movies on TV for the first time with a horror host that sort of thing. I mean, I watch a lot of horror host stuff now, but growing up, man, I just I missed out on that. I'm I'm just insanely jealous, especially when somebody says, "Oh yeah, I used to watch Bob Wilkins." Like, oh no, oh yeah, it it, it you know it it made a huge impression on me, and I was even uh, fortunate enough to to meet Bob Wilkins. There was a, a store called the uh, Federation Trading Post in Union City, and he was there one time, and that's where I met uh, Dave Prowse, you know, who was Darth Vader, and they also brought in Anthony Daniels. This is when Star Wars was huge, so I'm, you know, about 13th time just 
going out of my mind meeting all these people. So it was uh, tons of fun. And then later with John Stanley, when he took over for Bob Wilkins, that was a point where I think some friends of, of mine and I, we were, able, we were able to correspond with John Stanley a little bit, wrote him, and he'd send us pictures and notes and everything. Really, really nice guy. In fact, invited us down to the studio to watch him tape, um, tape shows. And so, you know, in high school, my mom would let us, you know, yeah, can we take Friday off or take the half a day Friday? And, you know, they'd film about three o'clock on a Friday for the Saturday the next, you know, day uh, to share the parts. And uh, so we go watch them actually film segments. And and to bring it back kind of topically right now, the, what, one of the highlights of that was meeting Ray Harryhausen. Uh, oh, John Stanley yeah. had uh, Ray Harryhausen in in, um, in studio to plug Clash of the Titans at the time. So we got to sit there, you know, just me and like friends sat there and, and no one else really in the studio with John uh, John Stanley and watch him interview Ray Harryhausen and then actually talk to Ray Harryhausen after and and actually look at it at some of the puppets, you know, the 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 stop motion animation props he brought with him. Just love that stuff. I've never heard that story, Mitch. Uh, well, there it is. That, you got to save something. <laughs> that for is this. that is awesome. That was it was a hell hell of a day. In fact, when uh, when uh, Ray Harryhausen just passed away, I uh, actually posted the picture on set there. So I'm standing next to him, a very young, uh, you know, I was in high school at the time, uh, standing next to Ray Harryhausen, Ray Harryhausen, and uh, it was just just a wonderful day, etched in my memory forever. Very gracious man. Well, I think his movies are going to be etched in everybody's memories too. I mean, he didn't do a lot of the the big bug movies per se. I mean, I guess he did a giant crab in one, but yeah, I mean. His work just amazing, and uh, you know we are definitely all incredibly thankful for what he did because without him, I think the landscape of the kind of movies that we all enjoy even now, the modern movies, would be entirely different. Absolutely. Exactly, you're correct. The great thing is, you know, Ray Harryhausen will live forever in uh, in the films he left behind for oh, us. Definitely, and it's that kind of immortality I am currently striving for. <laughs> oh, yeah, How do you totally. think you're doing so That's far? Going for. I I don't know. I, I'm I'm getting there, right? Maybe. Well, there's 400 excited people. I think on Wednesday that'll uh, that'll that'll be there for you. Yep. I mean, I'm related to some of them, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> they'll remember they'll remember me when I'm gone. I'd be there if I could, man. One of these years, you just got to keep making movies every year because one of these years, I'm going to fly out to Minnesota for one of the premieres. I, I I have to do it. It's on my bucket list. We are we are holding you. To it's that. on like. We'd love to have it, you out it's here, recorded. Derek. It's on the air. It's 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 out there. And then you'll have to come on our podcast and we'll, we'll grill you. Uh, you know, I'd love to come to the show. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I want our listeners to know that you guys have a podcast. It's the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. It's about once a month, right? Yes. We try that. We, we, we've steadily put one out once a month, roughly around the 15th of every month. It's, I mean, as you know, podcasts can be a lot of work and a lot of time. Uh, so we, we we can't manage more than once a month, but our podcasts are pretty long because <laughs> we just sit around and chat. Uh, so they're worth listening to if you can get through, you know, some mindless prattling. <laughs> it's basically a bunch of friends getting around a bonfire and just talking. And, and it's literally a bonfire. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not a shtick. They're especially during the warmer months. You guys are outside around a fire. Oh yeah. So. Yes. Yep. There's this, this kind of laid back kind of Ruby's trying real hard to keep everybody on track. <laughs> oh yeah. As everybody yeah, yeah. We <laughs> fail miserably often, but uh, I mean, I, and that was the whole premise of the, of the podcast show was we used to, you know, get together in the summer months uh, just cause we live in Minnesota. So there's lots of freaking snow and cold. So we take advantage of the warm days uh, all summer. We'd get together 
almost weekly to have, you know, just a little bonfire in the backyard. Uh, and we realized that we were sitting around talking about, you know, the movies we make, but also other movies and, you know, discussing the merits of 2009 Star Trek reboot at ad nauseum. Um, and, uh, Mark, Mark Hader, who is one of the hosts, came up with the idea. He's like, you know, we should record these and just make a podcast out of it because this stuff's this is good stuff. And why not? It would help, you know, promote the films and we have fun doing it. Maybe we could, you know, see what happens. And so they bought some equipment and and we started doing it. And we have uh, usually a guest from the movies over and we'll, we'll sit and talk to them. And we have a real bonfire going and it's it's very laid back, very, you know, sometimes they get drunk, Dan and Shannon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a good time. They're very, very, you know, if I can get the uh, nice lengthy plug in. No, no, that's. <laughs> you, can just, you can just edit no, it out. No, no, so. I want people to be able to find you guys. It's, <laughs> and that's also, you know, you can find it through the website, sainteuphoria.com. That's saint spelled out, euphoria.com. There will be links in the show notes of this episode of monsterkidradio.net. We'll also include a link to their website just on the link section of our website uh, because people can go over there and find out about the podcast, the movies, and all that. And you've got like a mailing list set up, right? Yeah, yeah. You can sign up for the mailing list. I put out a monthly newsletter. Nothing, nothing too intrusive. I, I try not to annoy people. <laughs> We have the you know, Facebook page and a Twitter feed. Yeah, the whole so thing. they're all over. You can't not find the Mimiverse if you go looking for it. It's there. And, right. uh, you know, I, I am so thrilled to have had you guys on the show. Um, and, and before we wrap up here, I want to know what's next. Well, we're working on um, my first double feature. Uh, and it's, it's, it's this idea I've, I've been throwing around for a couple of years. And that's uh, doing basically – a faux double feature, much like the uh, the Tarantino and Rodriguez did with the Grindhouse movies, but not making two full-length features and then sticking them together. Uh, it's actually two shorter films based on ideas I had for a couple scripts that wouldn't necessarily work very well as full-length features, just because they're not. I think if you if you try to stretch them out, they end up being a lot of dead air and boringness. Uh, so just to keep them, you know, very tight and you know, to the point, uh, they work much better, uh, around the 40 to 45 minute mark. Um, and basically taking two of those ideas, uh, writing scripts and then putting them together into, uh, one film that we're calling the late night double feature, which of course is a Rocky horror reference. But, uh, the, the two scripts that we're going to make into this, this double feature, uh, the first one's called reform school girls versus the space monster. And Mitch is working on what will become, I believe, the most iconic monster we've ever created. Oh wow! Uh, it'll be up. It'll be up there with the uh, the Metaluna mutant. So it's it's going to be so, cool. So no no pressure um, here for Mitch. Is that? I was just going to say no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Thanks, Chris. hey man. I've, I've seen your even just your sketches and the stuff you have done. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Uh, and then the other half is. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great. The other half of the the the, the double feature is a, a story uh, called the Wall People, which has been bandied about since uh, Attack the Moon Zombies. The idea behind uh, that one is um, these uh, an interdimensional being that steals sleeping children out of their beds through interdimensional portals in their walls. 
You've mentioned the wall people uh, on the podcast before. This yeah, it's this great idea that I had based around sort of a fear I had as a little kid, which is when I was little, for some reason, I, I think it was, um, you know, there's that, that Twilight Zone episode where the little girl disappears into her wall. But also, honestly, it's more based on there's an episode of The Greatest American Hero, which I loved oh, as wow. a kid. There, and there's an episode that actually scared the crap out of me as a kid. I don't remember which one it is, but, you know, the greatest American hero ends up in this house and he walks through a wall uh, and he gets attacked by some sort of ghostly creature thing. It scared the crap out of me as a kid. Uh, (laughs) And so when I was little, I I very much like um, was, was afraid as I slept that I would roll into the wall and be attacked by this creature because I'm a kid. I don't know any better. I don't know that that's impossible. Uh, And so it was sort of this, I, you know, this, fear as a kid about this happening and so as i was coming up when someone someone said the word you know when we were doing attack of the moon zombies there was this uh door we built and you would have to have someone behind it making it work because it slides you know a la star trek uh and and someone started saying you know uh i think it was rob wartick who uh yes, appears in the giant spider he would make jokes about the wall people because he was stuck behind a wall you know, for hours on end alone. And so he made, he said the wall people. And that sort of, I was like, that's a cool title. And I started coming up with immediately. It made me think of this, you know, fear as a kid. And I was like, that would, that would work, you know, as, as something. And I said, fleshing it out. And it, uh, I think it's actually pretty cool. Uh, and, and it also to go back to John Agar, oddly, the idea sort of also was inspired by journey to the seventh planet which started oh, okay okay there's a, a bit of the the interdimensional being sort of came from that movie uh the idea behind it sort of uh it's hard to explain without giving away everything but uh that was that was definitely a, an inspiration for some of the uh the story and you know we're not putting a lot of pressure on mitch here but you're saying it's the most iconic monster you've created so far uh, in one of these. Mitch, where do you go to find your inspiration for creating some of this stuff? You know, Chris and I all have discussions about what he's looking for. You know, one of the, the main, one of the main mandates is we like bug-eyed monsters. So we always got to throw some kind of bug-eyed set of eyeballs in, in these things. But we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about a story or we'll talk about what he's looking for. And then I'll end up throwing some sketches down and sending them over. Uh, you know, send him a text with the with the uh, picture attached and say, "What do you think of this?" And he'll give some direction. Yeah, I love this. Maybe change that. And we just kind of zero in on that. And and obviously, we keep you know the monsters of yesteryear. You know, the Paul Blaisdell monsters, the uh, the Universal monsters, all that stuff. We try to incorporate some of that too. Those are all major influences on me. Uh, you know, they're not far from my uh, mind when I'm sketching these things. There it is. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited for what comes next. Uh, you know, we're recording this before the premiere, so I wish you guys the absolute best of luck with the premiere. I hope it goes phenomenally well, and I can't wait to see the movie itself. I know it's on route to me, so I'm looking forward to it, man. Hope you like awesome. it. Thank you. I know I said it before, but again, big thanks to Christopher Armim and Mitch Gonzalez for taking the time to chat with us here at Monster Kid Radio about what they do. And like I said before, you're probably going to hear them on future episodes. I'd like to have them come back to talk about other movie projects and just chat about these movies that we love so much here at Monster Kid Radio. I'm recording this outro in the parking lot at the Joy Cinema and Pub here in Tigard, Oregon. Got done watching She Freak. 
Oh, wow. Uh, that was a fun movie to watch with a group of people. It is distributed by Something Weird Video. So if you're familiar with Something Weird, you know what kind of movie you're going to get when you watch a movie like this. It is from 1967, so it is color, and it kind of borders on that exploitation thing. Although, even though it's Something Weird Video, it's not full of nudity. It's not overly graphic. There is some blood, but not a heck of a lot. It looks like hammer blood in terms of how bright it looks. It doesn't go out of its way to shock you. So I figured, you know, it's definitely Monster Kid Radio fodder. Now, I talked to Jeff, the owner of the Joy Cinema, after the movie for quite a bit. And he's really excited about doing these weird Wednesday shows. He wants to do these pretty much as long as he can. So every Wednesday, there's going to be a different movie at the Joy Cinema that is quote-unquote weird. doesn't necessarily need to be from something weird video. Like next week, they're showing the Paul Nashie film, The Werewolf versus the Vampire Woman. It's from 1971. So it's just a little bit outside of Monster Kid Radio's wheelhouse, but not much because it is Paul Nashie who actually played a werewolf character more times than Lon Chaney Jr. So you've got Paul Nashie who is bound to become a Monster Kid Radio regular, Definitely recommend you guys check that one out. Don't know if I'm going to be able to make it next week or not, but I am going to keep an eye on the Joy Cinema's website and their Facebook page just to stay on top of what they've got coming next because I definitely want to make sure that I get a chance to see these movies when I can in a theater with a group of people. And you know how much he charged to get in tonight for She Freak? Nothing. Free admission, just pay for the concessions. That's a heck of a deal. And the concessions, they're not overly priced. Tell you, soda, couple bucks. I got a root beer for like three fifty. Popcorn wasn't that expensive either, and it was good popcorn, good root beer. They have pizza, beer, nachos, the whole bit, and the decor of the Joy Cinema, man, is fantastic. It's built for monster movies. And talking to Jeff, I know he's a big fan of these movies. He wants to bring in Plan Nine from Outer Space in three D. He wants to bring in Ega. He wants to bring in, man, just watch the website. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Monster Kid Radio. Next week, I believe we're going to be diving into a chat that I had with illustrator Devin Devereaux. You can learn more about what Devin Devereaux does over at his website, which is devindevereaux.com. That's spelled D-E-V-O-N-D-E-V-E-R-E-A-U-X.com. He is the man behind Cackling Imp Press. And the graphic novels Tales of Hot Rod Horror, Volume 1 and Volume 2, and there's a Volume 3 in the works. We're going to talk about a movie that he wanted to talk about, The Fly, starring Vincent Price. So that's going to be next week. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivations 3.0 Unported License. But that does not extend to this song. This is the song The Giant Spider by The Night Hobbs. This served as the music for the opening titles of The Giant Spider. This song, as well as Spider Smash from the last episode, appear courtesy of the Night Hobbs and Christopher Armin. Talk to you next time.
giant spot.